Hello, hello. Welcome to Coffee with Friends. My name is Whitney Ennis, your host, and I am so stoked that you've decided to come on this journey with me. My vision is to make a safe space for authentic friendships and authentic conversations. I want you to feel like you're sitting down with me at a coffee shop on a fun little coffee date, talking about all the trials, blessings, heartbreaks, pains, joyful moments, and tough conversations we are sometimes afraid of having. For our first season, we will talk about heartbreak, broken friendships, relationship abuse, and many more topics that relate to painful seasons, but beautiful outcomes. Today, I have my best friend and roommate, Sarah Anderson. She is a true joy to be around, always laughing and willing to make you any sweet treat that you want. Someone who's helped me grow so much over the past two years and a constant encourager of the Lord's. Today we are talking about painful heartbreak, the different stages that come with this season, and how to navigate a broken heart through the eyes of the Lord. So let's get into it because I am so excited to share her wisdom. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. You're I'm so welcome. honored that you asked me to make the trip. Absolutely. We've talked a lot about a lot of things, so I knew that you'd be a good first one. All right, tell me what you got from Frothy so we can tell the people the what to get. Havana latte. What's it have in it? Cinnamon, mm-hmm. possibly vanilla, and I'm maybe some honey. Sure. We'll figure it out. When he orders it for me, <laughs> just do what he says. Who else orders your best friend's coffee? I'm kind of curious about that. Because apparently I do. I'm like the coffee connoisseur of our friend group. That's is true. a good way to say it. That's true. I got the monkey mocha. Where did we go? Frothy monkey. Frothy monkey. Frothy monkey. Frothy monkey. So this is a local coffee shop in Nashville. They also have one in Chattanooga. They do. I've been to it. It's really nice. We're not sponsored. Um, no, not sponsored, but I actually probably keep it flow because I spend a lot of time there. Okay, to get this podcast started, super excited. So the fun question that we're going to ask every single episode is, what's your go-to dance party song? And then what's your go-to dance move to that song? Okay, well, you did kind of give me a heads up. This was going to be a question. I did. And world, I spent... Lots of time today investigating what was my go-to party song. I told Whitney I had a breakup song, and then I have, like, my go-to playlist in the car. So, my breakup song was Pretty Girl Rock, because my best friends, um, when I was going through a breakup, changed her name is Carrie, or my name is Carrie, to her name is Sari, because all my friends in college called me Sari. And so they would say, her name is Sari. She's so pretty. And literally that song just always made me happy. But. <laughs> Fun fact. I didn't know that they changed it to Sari. You never knew that? No. Oh. <laughs> so everyone would scream, her name is Sari. I'm She's so, so very fly. Oh my. Yeah. I'm not just sing. a little bit scary. <laughs> um, but the other song we decided on was, well, there it is. So. Because I like to do the elf dance. So that's your go-to move? That's my go-to move. All right. Tell the people, for those of you who don't know what the elf move is, what is that? 
But you squat down, you kick your leg up, squat and kick. Squat and kick. Squat. Oomp, there it What's is. What's the title of that song? Oomp, there it is. Alexa, play Oomp, there it is. Oomp, there it is by Tag Team from Apple Music. Tag Team. Are we going to do okay. the, the elf dance? Yeah. Got to wait till the part. Ready? <laughs> okay, okay. Alrighty, that's a good one. Alexa off. Oh, thank did you. We just do. We did that the exact same time. Okay. So, Sarah and I have gone through a lot of the same things, and we weren't friends during that time. But we were going through a lot of the very similar um, breakups and just kind of like learning life, honestly. Self-discovery? Yeah, that's a great way to put it. And kind of like finding our relationship with God and what that meant to us. Because I think that we both started off with kind of like thinking we knew we had a relationship with God. But we didn't really know what that ultimately meant. Mm -hmm. And I think we both could relate on the fact that we both grew up in Christian homes. Yeah. Both grew up knowing what a relationship with the Lord looked like. Both, like, thinking we were pursuing the Lord in all the right ways. I mean, at least that's, like, high school, college. Like, I thought, you know, middle school, high school, like, you did youth group, Sunday, like, everything, so involved in church, and and even going to college, being super involved um, in church, and ministry college ministry and then going through heartbreak and that season of life of just kind of figuring out like and navigating like okay who is god when life isn't like this purple purple <laughs> <laughs> this purple rainbow purple rainbow <laughs> words are hard purple perfect rain. like you know world of like living in a bubble of you know, yeah whatever that might be but just figuring out what I feel like a real relationship with the Lord is like and not just letting it be a piece of who you are, but like being everything. Mm-hmm. Your you foundation. Are. Yeah. For sure. Was this your first like true heartbreak that you went through? Yeah. Um, and I mean, you know, I was 23, 20, I was 23 when mm-hmm. this happened. Um, you told people how, how old you are now. <laughs> if you want do you I was like how old am I my birthday was last week I just turned 27 27 27 okay, so it's oh. been four years wow yo yeah. <laughs> oh um, there it is oh there it is hit me <laughs> oh. but no I was in grad school um and like thought I had you know the rest of my life figured out and like mm-hmm. planned out. Um, but yeah, it was my first true heartbreak. I thought I'd only other breakup I'd ever been through was with um, my high school sweetheart. And um, at that time, you know, I thought this was a heartbreak, but yeah. like 10 times worse perspective. Yeah. Hindsight 2020. Yeah. Is that proper term for that? Yeah. But just that. Um, it was just like a little bitty glimpse of what I would be feeling after definitely this 
So yes, I think it was my first real heartbreak. Yeah. So what was like kind of like your initial reaction to your breakup? I think shock at first. I mean, because truly it was so out of the blue. Um, and I mean, we'd been, me and my ex had been in a fight that week over something like so silly, so stupid. And the day he came to my house to break up with me, my roommate was home and he was like, he had called me and said, hey, I'm here from outside. And I was like, why you aren't going to come inside? Like, you come inside mm-hmm. all the time. Like, we fight in front of my roommates all the time. Like, this isn't <laughs> this is anything different. new. And I, like, joked to my one of my best friends. I was like, he won't come inside because he's going to break up with me. Like, or something, like, so stupid like that. And, like, laughed about it when yeah. I was over. And we were in the driveway of my house that I was living in in college. And I, like, literally, it was... I mean, I can laugh about it now, but in the moment I was like, I'm not going to fight for you to love me or something dramatic <laughs> and so stupid like that. And well, then, also, I think that's something that someone needs to hear though. Right. Is like, you shouldn't be fighting for someone to love you. Right. Oh yeah. no. Like I laugh about it now, yeah. but in the moment I was like thinking like he, me saying that he was going to be like, oh yes, I'm going to fight Right, for right, you. right. And then he was like, I'm not happy anymore. And I was just like. Wait, I'll fight for you. I'll beg. I'll <laughs> literally do whatever. Do whatever and, you want. Yeah. yeah. And so at first it was just like shock. Like, oh, okay, this isn't going to last. Like I didn't tell my mom for like two weeks until after it happened. Because I was like, I don't want to tell her because we're going to get back together. And yeah. And then, so it was like shock. And then my friends all thought like, oh, it's just like a break. Like, you know. Right. Y'all will get back together. It'll be fine. And then... After that, it just was a very, very long, long road of struggling with depression and struggling with, like, figuring out how do I, like, get over this and get through this. And, but I think, yeah, initially, like, shock. Shock, for sure. I elaborated way too much on that, but shock was my answer. (laughs) you got to elaborate. I want you to elaborate, like... People need to hear stories because I think that we relate so much in that aspect of when I went through mine, I think I kind of saw it coming because we were long distance and so he had texted me and so I kind of had three days to prepare, but Mm -hmm. I ultimately didn't really know what he was going to say. And so I think my first one was just like anger Mm -hmm. and the fact that... I wish I could have been angry. <laughs> Truly. Uh, I was angry and probably not the best way. Let's say I punched some car <laughs> Maybe said a few choice words. But scientifically, they say that the stages of heartbreak are shock, denial, anger, bargaining, which is kind of like reasoning with them, depression, and acceptance. And I don't know about you, but I pretty much hit all of them. No, like that was like hitting me. Because as you were just talking about being angry, I was like, I think I was, before you mentioned what those were, I was like, I mean, shock. But then I was like in denial that it was going to be real. Definitely. And I mean, what is it? Shock, Shock, denial. denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. So I think I first went with bargaining. I was like, I'll do whatever Whatever it takes, like, I'll do anything. Mm-hmm. Like, no. I, I found myself I bargaining with God that. on that one. Did you think wow. you bargained with God? Yeah, I was like, God, if you yeah. bring us back together, I promise I'll never do anything wrong ever again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never 
Jefferson <laughs> when he knew that He's was like, not true. <laughs> what did you find? Which one do you think that you stayed in the longest? Um, I think, like, obviously, well, you know this, but the world doesn't <laughs> know this, but the depression. I think for me personally, um, it was really, really hard when I think so long of our relationship, I was like, he's going to be the one I marry, without a doubt. Like, I had yeah. this whole future in my head. And, you know, like, we broke up. It was, like, April, March, April. And, like, I thought, like, it, like we were going to get engaged, like, that summer. And so, like, mm. it was super out of the, like, seemed super out of the blue at the time. But I think after that, it was, like, picking up the pieces of, like, everything that I kind of changed about myself and all the insecurities that came about like just me as a person I look back at that person and it it makes me sad because I was so insecure and lost and not even realizing that I was lost and I think like Pastor Kevin has talked many times about like sleeping while like going through life like asleep in your faith and I think looking back at that season like I didn't know I was asleep like I felt like I was you know, feeling everything, feeling everything. (laughs) And I was just so asleep to like what God was doing. And, um, but then I think just like kind of getting through this depression of struggling with a lot of like shame and embarrassment of like, and I don't know if this is just something that Christians might struggle with or just in general, any girl that's going through a breakup, but having shame of like, I'm depressed because a boy broke my heart. Mm. And I think for me, I compared my grief or like my pain to other people's Mm. being like, I can't complain about my boyfriend breaking my heart because so-and-so has like lost somebody for forever or somebody's parents have gotten a bad diagnosis Mm -hmm. or somebody's grandparents have gotten a bad diagnosis or something like that. And just thinking that my grief wasn't as important or like big enough as other people's. Yeah. And I just I struggled with that, but then I also struggled being like I'm depressed cuz boy broke my heart, but like Jesus is my joy and like he will carry me through because in my heart I knew yes that's true, but like I couldn't feel it and I couldn't yeah. experience that joy and many 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 months were spent just like bawling my eyes out in my bed. And just being just super lonely and just struggling to see, like, I remember so many times I would just pray. Like, I would sleep all day and then be awake all night long because, you know, what else do you have to do at right. 3 o'clock in the morning? <laughs> lay, lay in bed and <laughs> watch in bed. Netflix. <laughs> but just, like, I would pray, like, God, don't, please don't waste this pain. Yeah. And thinking, like, and this is when I, 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 I love sunrises and sunsets. Like, that's, like, my jam. I've always loved sunsets. But sunrises used to, like, not be my thing. Because, like, who wakes up early enough to see the sunrise <laughs> in college? We do. <laughs> now. But in the apartment that I lived in at the time, um, my window out, like, looked out into this, like, field. Like, a pasture. Not, like, it was, like, a cow pasture. But, like, it was, like, a farm. You see cows, like, frolicking. No cows, but, like, a pasture. Okay. <laughs> and I would literally sit there mornings and watch the sunrise behind like the field Mm. and I just remember thinking like day after day like 
okay, there will be joy in the morning. Like, there yeah. will be a day that, like, I won't watch the sunrise and, like, feel, I don't know, it was just, like, a little bit of hope, a little bit of just, like, peace, a little bit of just, like, God being, like, I will be your light in this dark time. Mm-hmm. And but, I think that it's, like, also, like, you're seeing it and you're seeing him paint these beautiful pictures mm-hmm. that are always different mm-hmm. and it's kind of like he's still painting and he's still adding pieces to your story that you mm-hmm. just don't see yet mm-hmm. and I think that that's a really good reminder to be able to look at something like that and be like okay like God is still working in this world so mm-hmm. of course he's still going to be working in my life yeah you know and I feel like my friends try to fill that so much of my time when I wasn't in my bed by myself <laughs> With, like, busyness to keep my mind off of it. And even when I was, I would lay in bed, my mind would race and I'd be all over the place. And, but I would see the sunrise and I'd feel this, like, stillness. And, like, I've, I'm a, I mean, you know this, I'm like a go, go, go person. Yeah. But there's just something that that season taught me about being still. And since then, like, the verse, be still and know that I'm God, has been, like, my verse that I've just kind of clung to. Because knowing that, like, I can just be present in this time and be present in this season and know that like God's got things handled and God's got things worked out was super, I don't know what the word, super supernatural. I don't know. Amazing. But awesome. Yeah. Cool it was God. just like what got me through that. Um, when did you learn that? When did you learn that you, instead of being busy and obviously your friends meant well, mm-hmm. but sometimes we do need to sit in our heartbreak because I think that, Whenever we fully feel it, that's when we can learn to grow and that's when we can grow through it mm-hmm. rather than kind of like pushing it aside because I think when we push things aside, and I've done this before, but they just all come out at once and you just get angry for no reason or you mm-hmm. just like start crying and you have no idea why. But when, so when did you like kind of realize that you needed to be still? I think it was like a process that like, I mean, because I was in this depression for probably seven months Mm. um all in all like really the pit of the depression um but I think probably like halfway through it maybe and it was like having the friends that do push you to to get out and like get out of your bed like those are definitely friends that are needed but then also like my best friend at the time that I was living with like I mean you know Brooke um the world Brooke. Shut up, Brooke. Hey, Brooke. Hey. <laughs> but like she would just come crawl in bed with me and not say anything and just like lay there next to me and like over and over again she would tell me like it's okay to feel this way like it's okay to like kind of like you're saying like embrace the pain so that you can heal and you can move on but then you know having the friends that it do expect you to get over it quicker or do like that. That was super hard to navigate too, because like, I don't want to be a baby, but like, I, I mean, depression is is so real. And I think I was never anybody that could understand depression because pre this, I was happy go lucky. Like my friends in high school would be like, Sarah, get out of this fairy tale, fairy, (laughs) fairy tale world. Like you just like live in the clouds and just being somebody that was so full of life and full of joy all the time, like, hitting this, like, true, like, rock bottom of, like, I didn't know who I was, not, like, who I was without him, but just who I was at all anymore, and just, like, feeling, like, knowing, like, being a Christian, growing up in church, 
living a life like mm-hmm. knowing the Lord and then knowing this empty pit that like the world had like left me with kind of feeling like yeah. I feel like that sounds super dramatic but just feeling so empty and depleted and like you know here I was bargaining with God here I was like begging God to like you know and just not having that answered like I was like what have I done like what have I done that God's not hearing my prayer yeah. and answering it but I think just like I think having a friend like Brooke in that time who was like Sarah I've done everything I can do to love you in this time but like I can't see you continue on like yeah. like you are and she was and she was so amazing to love me really well and do everything that she possibly could to care for me and love me and make sure I knew that I was loved um and so and I know like talking about like shame and stuff with depression earlier but I did go to the doctor and I did get on antidepressants and that was something that as a Christian I was like like, I didn't want anybody to know. I didn't want to talk about it to anybody. Yeah. But a friend told me that, you know, Sarah, people don't think twice to take medications that doctors give them for a heart problem. It's the same thing with your brain. Like, it's a chemical imbalance. Like, the medication, like, God gives us medication for a reason. And she was like, if you want to be on it for a month and it works, that's great. But, like, don't feel shame in that because... You know, if your heart has a problem, you're not going to think twice to take something to fix it. Absolutely. And that, like, really changed my perspective on being okay with medicine. And um, thankfully, praise the Lord, that I could, like, quickly, like, I adjusted very well with it. And Mm -hmm. um, my goal was to get off, off the medicine as soon as I could. So thankful that that was a good bridge to help me get. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what my family and friends had all kind of been supportive of like letting it be a bridge to get back to being more more for myself sure. for sure and god gave us that stuff to use mm-hmm. he didn't give it for us to rely on all the time because mm-hmm. obviously he wants us to rely on him fully but i do think that that's something that god gave us for a reason mm-hmm. like you said a bridge to get back mm-hmm. to that so i think that that's yeah. awesome i think knowing too like this medicine isn't gonna fix me like it's mm-hmm. not gonna like because, I mean, again, I would spend hours on end in my Bible. I would pray. I would do, like, I was like, why? Like, I'm literally doing everything I know to do right. Like, why isn't it getting better? And because I think I so badly wanted, like, that to be what healed me and made me. I mean, yeah, it did. It, he is what healed me. The medicine is not what, what healed my heart. But it did help. For sure. But I think you're still, like, following. <laughs> I'm still not stable. (laughs) You're stable in a good way. Um, In a good way. In a good way. Um, (laughs) But I think, and I know that we've talked about this before, but by you being faithful in you going to God and kind of laying it out on the table, I know that I've gone through heartbreaks and I've not done that. And I've kind of gone down a rabbit hole per se and... It hurts a lot more mm-hmm. now that I've done it a different way. Mm-hmm. And I don't believe my depression was nearly as long, but I also do, didn't want to think about it. So, mm-hmm. I mean, who knows? It could have been. Seven. Um, I know. That's seven to me. 
but I think that that's really important to know is that you still were extremely faithful in you getting in the word and just trying to hear from God. Mm -hmm. And even though you may have not heard from him in that time, like he was still listening to you Mm -hmm. and still like, okay, Sarah, like I got you. And kind of like Job, you know, in that story of where he doesn't hear God for what, 42 chapters or something crazy. And then he's still faithful and he was still faithful for the whole thing. And he was honest. Like, He was brutally honest, Mm -hmm. and that's something that we can take from Job is even any season, like, we can be honest with God, and we can tell him exactly how we're feeling, because he already knows. Mm -hmm. He just wants us to have that relationship with him, so I think that that's huge at the fact that you were still faithful to him, even though you didn't feel like he was really moving, Mm -hmm. you know? And I will say, like, I feel like when I moved to Nashville, like, post the depression and everything... And understanding more of a relationship with the Lord, being able to have those honest, vulnerable prayers of, or like cries out to God, like is something that I never really did because I thought my prayers had to be pretty and I thought they mm-hmm. had to be put together and I thought like I had to pray the way like God would want me to pray. And so even in that time of my breakup, looking at my like prayer journals from that time versus like fast forward like a year and a half later um and it's just funny to see the transformation of like me telling god like god this is exactly where i am rather than like god you are good and i'm thankful for blah blah blah. like it was like and i think like you said god god knows our heart and maybe it's just like the sunday school instilled in me like how to pray this certain way but i think my relationship with the Lord changed and like completely it goes so much deeper when you can just be open and vulnerable with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And being able to be like, God, I'm not happy with you right now. Yeah. Like it's just, you know, it's just like a friendship that we have right mm-hmm. now, you know, just really being honest with him, which is really cool. I think it gives like, it's like so freeing too, rather than like oh feeling goodness. like you're like holding something back. Yes. Like you see those people who just are having a blast outside in public, just like dancing or doing whatever. It's like they're free because of God. Mm -hmm. And they just, they know that God is the only one that really can judge them. And they're just showing God's love and freedom and joy, you know, all Mm -hmm. that. And I think that that's comes from being so open and honest Mm -hmm. with God. Because if you feel like you have to be put together, like, I feel like, at least for me, like, if I feel like I have to be a certain way or, like, have organized thoughts, <laughs> I don't know. But, like, I... You organize thoughts? Never. <laughs> Never. Never. <laughs> but I feel like it's just, like, not an accurate picture of me, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like feeling like I have to be a certain way or talk a certain way or, you know, act perfectly in a way that like if I don't God isn't gonna answer my prayer isn't gonna you know but it's like God's just like come lay at my feet like I mean knowing like that God loves our brokenness because it's what reminds us of how much we need him I think that changed my view of brokenness because I feel like mid-depression post-depression all the things like I just felt like so broken Mm -hmm. I feel like probably a lot of girls 
can relate to that of just like after a breakup being like, am I ever going to feel whole again? Mm -hmm. And I think there was a sermon that they talked about at church one day that talking about shout out cross point. Let's go pastor (laughs) Kevin. Um, but just that like your brokenness, like being reminded of your brokenness will remind you of like how much you need the Lord to make you whole. Mm -hmm. And that was something that like was transforming for me was like, Yes, I might feel broken, but yes, like, we are all broken. In some ways, our brokenness might not be the same, but, like, everybody on this earth has brokenness. Absolutely. I was watching um, Little Fires Everywhere on Netflix. Probably not the best show, but... The very last episode... Sorry, it's going to be a spoiler, so if you don't want to hear it, fast forward. Um, <laughs> Um, the fire took down the house and they were talking about how whenever a fire happens, the soil kind of like breaks up. It becomes, I guess, looser, you could Mm -hmm. say. And then something more beautiful grows from that. And I just, I think that's a perfect picture with how brokenness is, Mm -hmm. is like God makes us a new soil to build something even more beautiful. Mm-hmm. And whenever our foundation is in him, that beauty is like radiant. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so cool and such a cool depiction of his love for us, even yeah. though we go through broken things in life and he promises us that. It's cool to know that there's going to be something greater on the other side of it. Absolutely. And there was a, a sermon too at Cross Point talking about going through the fire that God like brings you through the fire. And I think they compared it to like ceramic or some like, I don't know if it's a ceramic doll or like a ceramic like piece of hmm, something, but that like God molds you and then like molds you in the fire and like you have to be in the fire to create something more beautiful that will last. Yeah. And so that's so cool how you got that out of little fires everywhere. Yeah. I was just, I think I was just saying that I was like, I, they probably didn't mean for that to be anything spiritual, but that's what I took from it. And it was so like, that's cool. the moment when God's like, I'm going to just put this on your heart. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm going to use a Netflix show. You've been binge watching for three hours. Let's go. <laughs> I'm going to give you a sermon. You won't give me your attention. Okay. I'm right here. <laughs> I'm going to just leave this right here. <laughs> so do you think that that brokenness was probably the biggest thing that heartbreak taught you? Or do you think that there was something else? I think heartbreak taught me a whole lot. <laughs> um, but I it's think... It's okay if there's more than this one. Because remember, you always get like three. Right, I always get three. <laughs> but I think... Yeah, I, I think for me, brokenness was a big piece of that. Because, again, like I... Feel like that was the first time in my life that like I'd ever really experienced brokenness, um, because I just had kind of lived like a good, easy Christian life. Like yeah. my walk with the Lord had been fairly uneventful. Just <laughs> <laughs> kind of like your everyday. I feel like I kind of relate to that too. Yeah, yeah, like God is good all the time because like and all the time everything in my good. life has been fairly good. Yeah, but I, I think too like. At that point in my life, like, I just lived so much of, like, I'm going to plan my life this way and ask God to bless it rather. Kind of, like, naive to what God can do in a way. Right. Yeah. And I think 
God was like, okay, hold up. <laughs> I'm just going to pause right here because you think this is what your life is going to look like. Like, you think you're going to stay in a small town in Kentucky and do this and marry this and blah, blah, blah. But, like, I have so much bigger plans for you. Yeah. And I think I had I wanted so much control of what my life was going to look like. And, like, when I lost that and I was like, oh, crap, I don't know what my life's going to look like. My prayer for so many months was, like, God, let me follow you faithfully and fearlessly. And, like, that was just something, like, I was just, like, wherever, whatever you want to do in my life, God, like, I just wanted to be faithful and fearless and, like, go where you send me. And because of that breakup, I ended up, two weeks later, we got our assignments for our clinical rotations for OT school. And both of my rotations were in this town where my school was. And one of my rotations was supposed to be in a school system, possibly where my ex would be working and I went to my clinical coordinator and I was like please literally send me anywhere on this earth like I'll go anywhere <laughs> and get me out of get here me out <laughs> and that usually that doesn't happen like usually like you you get your assignment and that's it like no questions asked and somehow they were like okay we'll work on it and then a few weeks later it got back to me and they're like you know, my number one location was Knoxville, but I was like, anywhere else, like, send me anywhere else too. They said there was something at Vanderbilt. Would I be interested in that? And I was like, oh, yeah, absolutely, sure. <laughs> and because at the time, my uncle um, had been diagnosed with brain, a brain tumor and um, cancer and was going through treatment there. And um, I'd actually been at Vanderbilt a few months prior for his tumor resection. And... Um, I was like, sure, great, whatever, I'll do it. And then fast forward six months, my uncle had passed away. And um, two weeks after that, my clinical instructor that I'd be under, the OT would be under at Vanderbilt, emailed me and had told me that he had just accepted like a position on the neurology team. And that's where he was, he had been like kind of all over the hospital before. And that, that's where he'd be whenever I got there in January <laughs> and I mean full circle like I was going to be in that same ICU that my uncle had been in just months prior and now you know going there just after he had passed away was so surreal and I was like okay this this is one of those things that cannot just be like circumstantial like yeah. this has got to be like a god thing and what I had no interest in working with adults no interest at all and then that first week I was there and I walked into the ICU like it was just like, I mean, deer in the headlights, like, oh my gosh, what is this? But also like I felt like God, I was right where God had intended me to be. And like I never felt that secure in that feeling ever in my life. And I remember calling my dad being like, God, dad, I feel like I'm right where God wants me to be. Mm. And just like. It's a cool feeling. Yeah. And then that's, I'm at Vanderbilt now and like loving my love my job I wouldn't trade it for the world and just it's so funny to see like how God changed my heart through that experience of just like I can't even begin to imagine Mm. like the plans for my own life but like God's already there yeah and so I feel like that just kind of really changed my perspective on like I might not see what God's doing 
I mean, at that time, that's a seven-month period of me being like, I don't know what God's doing. But then on the other side of it, I was like, okay, God. I see you. I see you. And so I think from that, it taught me, like, you can find purpose in whatever season you're going through. Whether it's, like, a horrible season of pain. Whether it's a horrible season of just, like, I don't know what I'm doing with my life. Or, you know, the in-between seasons, the waiting seasons, all of that. I think it really taught me that, like, find joy where you are. Like, love those around you and be intentional. But just, like, trust that cliche waymaker quote here. But, like, (laughs) even when we don't see it, he's working. And, like, he's always working. And him, he's already there. And I think, aside of the broken, feeling, understanding brokenness, that was what I, I gathered the most. Is that, like, I thought God wasn't answering a prayer. Yeah. But really, God was pulling me out of something that was so so hurtful and pulling you into his calling on your life yeah and me today versus me four years ago like I just 12 weeks of being at Vanderbilt and I fell in love with neurology I fell in love with working in a hospital and just like changed my course of my life truly because then did you get my snapchat I don't know Okay, well, <laughs> I shoveled the ice because the gate back there was broken. You know how it was stuck oh, in the in-between? With, with the wood? No, I bought a shovel. <laughs> I bought a shovel. It's so different because I was so dependent on other people. I was so just like. And now you go to Costco by yourself. Now I go to Costco <laughs> by myself. And I can scrape <laughs> the ice off of the... And you can mow the lawn. And I can mow the lawn. And can we be? Yep. But no, I think just under, like knowing that like that you just, I think you just live differently with this identity in the Lord. And I think that's just something I found in like trusting him fully. Not yeah. being like, okay, God, like you can have this much of, of what I want. Like it's like, mm-hmm. here's everything I have. It's all yours. And just like, yeah, allow me to like give you everything yeah just like um pastor kevin again you just coming with the truth bombs but i remember he was talking about how remember that pie chart at church and they split it up and basically it was god had a section and then other parts of uh, your life had a section but then you would have a circle inside of each section and so for example you had god relationship career money and something else Mm -hmm. right then a lot of people like god was in his own little section Mm -hmm. and then you would have another pie chart to where you'd have the same things but maybe you put money and career in the little bubble with god Mm -hmm. and then so you're only letting god have a little bit of your life while you want to control other parts and then the last one was a full graph of God, he was the circle, and everything was in the middle. And whenever we are broken, and whenever we are like, okay, God, like this is not looking like I thought it was, you start to realize what was in that circle. Mm -hmm. Like for me, I started to realize, like, I thought that my relationship I gave to God, Mm -hmm. I didn't. Mm -mm. And 
I'm not saying, mm-mm, I'm saying, like, I agree. No, that I get, no, too. I know. I was like, I said that, like, I probably just think about it. But honestly, you, like, you really look back and you're like, shoot, I was not giving God that even though I thought I was. Mm. And your life starts to open up. Your little section of God starts to open up mm. a little bit more. And not saying you have to give it all to him at one time, which ultimately that's what you should be doing. Mm. But I think that we little by little give it to him. And then ultimately now he's going to have everything. Right. And I think going to God first, like, I feel like that was something that like also like, I feel like yeah, not doing something and then going to God, like being like, and I feel like we've talked about this before too. Like, I feel like me personally, like I hold on to things so tight, wanting to get, like wanting to control or wanting things to go a certain way, but it's like plans or futures or whatever. It's I could hold this tight fist so tight until like I literally scar my hands. <laughs> but like, don't do that. Little by little, if you just like give a little bit to God, and then like, okay, tomorrow I'll give like this much, and then like eventually like that hand is gonna open, and like that's just like a sign of mm-hmm. surrender and. I think just, like, getting to that point of being, like, okay, God, like, here is everything, whether it's brokenness or your plans or whatever it is you're walking through. Like, here, have your way. Like, do what yeah. you only you can do. Mm-hmm. And that's something I feel like you learn from brokenness. Like Absolutely, and yeah. I, like, I don't know if you ever did this, but, like, I feel like there were so many times I was literally just on my hands and knees praying, like, God, I can't deal with this pain on my own but like I'm giving you everything like I'm giving you my my pain my heart my my future like I think that's such a point yes talking about it I'm like oh, that just like takes me back to like such a makes me cry, hard honestly. time but like it's but that humbling position of just like full surrender full surrender like I'm literally at like not rock bottom but like I'm literally at like Oh, one of the like lowest it. points of my life, and like all I all I all I can do is just like sit here and pray, and I just think it's God's sweet grace and His gentleness that like comes and picks you up, and He's like, okay, like let's move yeah. forward, and I think that's just if anybody's going through that, like keep getting on those hands and knees and keep just mm-hmm. like pouring it out and asking Him to meet you there. Absolutely. I remember I kind of did the same thing. I was living in Franklin at the time and I just collapsed on the ground. And I don't know how far after it had been. It could have been a few months. It could have been a few weeks. I don't know. But my prayer was me just sobbing. Like I wasn't saying anything, but I was just sobbing. And I think that there just being in the act of surrender and you don't even have to say anything mm-hmm. but God sees that and he sees that you're surrendering your life to him is just as powerful mm-hmm. as prayer and all that stuff so mm-hmm. I totally have been there and it's not fun but mm-hmm. it definitely changes your perspective mm-hmm. I think and it man, it takes me back it's I can literally see it so clearly but my floor was dirty it was not clean either (laughs) um but yeah it's just I think it's just such a cool act Mm -hmm. to 
just fully surrender that Mm -hmm. to him. And I think the beautiful thing is just like, you don't have to say a word. Like God knows your heart. Whether like for me, it was, you know, like I'm, I love listening to music in my car, driving around windows down, like blaring worship music, but also like standing in church, just like sobbing my eyes out during worship. Didn't even have to say anything, just standing there, like letting those like, like letting the worship just be sung over me Mm. and like, it's so powerful. And I just like, I always comment on how, like you said, like, you know, when you can't sing these, like when you can't sing the songs, when you can't pray the prayers, like we're here to like hold your hand and walk with you through it. Like not drag you through it, but like walk with you hand in hand through it. But like pray over you, sing over you. Like, and that, that's just that I always say this, but it meant the world having somebody just to rally with. Okay, so to finish it off, I know you got a boo thing now. Hey. After what, three and a half years? Literally almost four years. Okay. Almost four years? It's almost four years I've been single, but yes, three and a half years of singleness. So yes, we got a boo thing. We got a boo thing. We um, do. Shout out boo thing. We won't spoil your name, just in case, but um. <laughs> You so giddy. Okay, first off, how long have you guys been dating? Uh, asked me to be his girlfriend, and I, I mean, literally, was like, uh, um, tee uh, well, no, <laughs> not, not, absolutely not, not right now, but I think I had so much hurt and fear that, like, I was so scared to be in a relationship mm-hmm. so soon, I was like, 10 days. I can't be in a relationship after 10 days. So, said no. But he came back. Said not now. And he said he was not going anywhere. Yeah. And he said, I want to show you why. Actions speak out of the way. Yep. So, how does your heartbreak affect you today? Like, no, I am loved by the Lord first. And just, like, fully knowing that, like, my identity doesn't change. Like... Who I am is who God says I am. And I think that just kind of lets you walk with, like, a different, like, spunk in your step. Like, just knowing whose you are changes, like, everything about you. Like, I feel like that confidence is just something only the Lord can give. And so, I think just day-to-day, like, knowing that, like, I am strong and capable and all these things. Not because I am a strong, independent woman, but because, like... (laughs) The Lord has made me strong. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, you know this. I joked for three and a half years that I'm strong and independent. And I don't need anybody. And I would fix anything I could by myself and never ask for help. But I think in a relationship now, I'm like, okay, I'm strong and independent. I don't need you. Yeah. But, like, I know he really loves being able to care for me and, like, take care of me. And so learning that, like... Okay, Sarah. You can do it on your own, but like, let him think you need his help. Yeah. Or just let him do it for you because that brings him joy. But in a relationship, I think, too, I think understanding more than anything that like the Lord comes first in my personal life and in our relationship. Because I think like before, like we, you had mentioned, like you thought the Lord was the center of your relationship and it really wasn't. And I think in my past relationships, that's how it was too. 
but like knowing that like I need I need my cup to be full like I need my time with the Lord I need to continue pursuing Jesus in every area of my life before I can pursue and like love him the way he deserves to be loved and Mm -hmm. needs to be loved and I think that makes me love him better but it makes me more lovable not more lovable but like it makes me easier to love yeah in a way um and I think just allowing the Lord to just truly work in our lives and like be an encourager and a rallier to one another but continuing like to know that like pursuing Jesus is what comes first so good so good I know we've had this conversation multiple times, but I even learned stuff from you tonight, and I want to thank you for that. Really? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Because I I get to see you grow, and I've got to see you do. I'm going to cry here. But, Don't do it. <laughs> um, I've got to see you grow in so many different ways, and now, like, I mean, we were in the hallway crying about this, like, a couple months ago, but finally getting to see you, like, be, you know, truly... I don't want to say happy because you're already happy, but like, hmm. like in my current relationship or just everyday life? Both. I think in everyday life, my heartbreak is truly what made me so strong in the Lord and in my faith and just in like knowing who I am before knowing who I am in relationships, whether that's relationships with friends, relationships with Coworkers, like anybody, like knowing that I can only love people well when I kind of see it come full circle and see God like answer those prayers because we've talked about relationships and you know all that kind of stuff and Mm -hmm. just seeing you be with someone who truly cherishes you and stuff Mm -hmm. like that I think it's so cool and Mm -hmm. seeing that you still need God to be number one to pour into him mm-hmm. I think that that's really important because I think that we think at least me in the past was like okay God can be number one in just like my personal life mm-hmm. but that should be enough for mm-hmm. my relationship and mm-hmm. in my past we would pray together and stuff like that but he was still a growing Christian and I felt like I was trying to teach him a lot of stuff, which is totally fine, but I didn't know what I was teaching. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like I didn't live that way as best as I could. Mm -hmm. It was kind of like I was learning as well, trying to teach him, like, you know, trying to teach him how to ride a bike while he's already riding, you know? Right. And so I felt like I fell short in that area Mm -hmm. and just kind of learning now that you need God at the center of both mm-hmm. to love each other well because you're going to have bad days and mm-hmm. who are you going to go to first, mm-hmm. right? And I find that that's the condition of your heart is who you go to first for advice. Mm-hmm. And it should be God, mm-hmm. ultimately. But you should also have those people around you that you go to for advice and mm-hmm. for community and for people who can pour into you just as much as they're going to pour mm-hmm. back, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. And I think too, like it's, it's been really cool to see, I mean, I know three and a half years of singleness and waiting and seeing everybody around me get everything that they've, you know, feeling like I was the only one in this single season, um, for a really long time and thinking 
okay, maybe I'm ne never going to find a person that's going to allow me to, like, let those walls down and, like, mm -hmm. and, I mean, Whitney can attest to this, that, like, I was resistant at first to <laughs> let the walls down and being so afraid of, because, no, I feel like living, and I t we talked about this, like, for so long having this, like, not pain, but just, like, living with, with something for so long, like, loneliness or pain or whatever it might be, yeah. and, you know, one day everything switched, not, like, everything switched in a day, but, like, going from feeling lonely for a long time, and then all of a sudden you're happy, you're like, wait, is this, is this real? Is this okay like to feel okay, like this? Like, yeah. kind of like, you know, compared to Grey's Anatomy when they talk about the, <laughs> the tumor that was on someone's heart and they removed it and they had to learn to beat again. And I think after a season of singleness, it made me appreciate as guarded as I was, made me appreciate this new season and knowing even if this isn't a forever, like even if this is just a season of like a relationship, God is teaching me something. And I think that's a perspective I learned of like, God will teach you something in each season. And so as resistive as I was to just be like, okay, God, whatever you want to, like, as I just sat here and preached, like, you know, about how the Lord has, knows better. But I feel like entering a season of a relationship after being alone for so long, it was hard to let myself, because I was afraid like, let, let myself feel the things and, like, really just embrace this season at first. Because I was so fearful of, like, I don't want to get hurt again. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't think I can go through what I went through last time again. Yeah. And, I mean, kind of quote Cinderella's story. Can't let the fear <laughs> striking out keep you from playing the game. But I think... If only I, you knew how many times you saying that have gone through my head. <laughs> but I think... Had I let the fear of this relationship, you know, the fear of it not working out impact me from like pursue, like allow me to pursue it, then I could have missed something so beautiful and just in so many ways, the Lord has shown me the kind of man that I've been praying for, for my whole entire life, like does exist and yeah. For all you sisters out there waiting for it, <laughs> don't let the fear of striking out keep you from playing the game. But really, I think the Lord will not just answer your prayers, but exceed all your expectations. Mm. Won't he do it? And I know it's so much easier to say it from my side of like being Wanted. in a relationship. Yes, yes. But like I literally, Whitney can attest that I've, Four and a half months ago, like I was there, I was like, it's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. Mm -hmm. I'm sick of people telling me it's going to be better than I could have ever expected. But trust and wait in the Lord will, he will be faithful. Mm -hmm. Always is. Absolutely. And from my side of things, not being in a relationship, going on three and a half years now. Um, I think it's been three and a half. Um allowing yourself to feed off of you and I've told you this before but like feeding off of your faithfulness and your seasons because sometimes I do find myself like 
I don't even know how to like be in a relationship. <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing because that's me. Yes. Like, I just, I think about it and I'm like, I just don't see, I mean, it's been three and a half years, so it's like. I just don't see that happening mm-hmm. some some days. Other days, I'm, like, excited for it. Mm-hmm. But, and I had given up hope for a while. Mm-hmm. But allowing myself to feed off of your faithfulness, I think that you can do that with the friends that surround you, is mm-hmm. if you feel like God's not really, like, answering anything in your life, to look at the people around you and be like, okay, what is he doing in their life mm-hmm. that I can take some faithfulness from that? Because whenever you see him working at other people's lives, you know that he is still mm-hmm. on the move. Mm-hmm. Like, God has not come back to earth yet. Right. Like, he is right. still working. And so, for if the people who are single... If you're still waiting, he's not done working. Yes. And for the people who are single, keep fighting. Mm-hmm. If you don't want to get in a relationship, then don't. Right? Mm-hmm. And take that time to find God before you go after one that's, I think that that's, that's huge. huge that's huge and I remember feeling like I want to be able to celebrate all my friends in relationships getting married having babies like doing all these things like I want to celebrate without any sort of like envy mm-hmm. and that was like I want to be content like I want to be content and content in where I am with the Lord content in where I am in my career my life without a, a significant other and that was something that, like, I told myself for so long, oh, I'm content. But, like, really, I wasn't. And the yeah. Lord knew that. And just being able to celebrate others and not be envious or not be, like, why is that not me? Right. That was a huge step for me, at least. Um, and really just, like, being content in where I was. Um, and just, like, truly, like, diving in with the Lord and just understanding a season of waiting. But, like celebrate the season of waiting and being like okay god what are you gonna do in me and with me before i meet that person yeah and i just think that's that's so huge of just like being still in that season and i mean trust me it it was hard a lot of times but like you said drawing drawing that courage and like faithfulness from others is i think what allows our faith to keep keep on and like Mm -hmm. keep enduring it um but, yeah, no, for all my, all the girls listening that are in that season, like, it's just, I want to encourage you that, like, even when you feel like he's not doing anything, even when you feel like you're doing all the right things, keep doing the things. Like, keep praying, keep worshiping, keep diving into scripture and investing in yourself and investing in your time with the Lord and being intentional in friendships and just growing and learning and just love your life like love your life exactly where you are but like love those around you the best you can and just I think that's what helps you find yourself but like find this joy that like cannot be taken away if somebody leaves yeah and I think my joy that was taken away from me when somebody left is what like literally brought me to that point where I was like, I oh, like I only need Jesus, mm-hmm. and you you go, you live differently after that. And I think that's the kind of energy and love and joy that people are drawn to. And so I just want to say, keep keep doing it, yeah. and Whitney, you do it. Thanks. And I I know 
I know it's it, like watching somebody so close to you go through that. Like you've been such a great like cell third wheel, <laughs> third wheel. But you've been so good to celebrate and just like love me and like encourage me. Rather, like never once have I been like Winnie isn't happy for me because she is. You know what I mean? Like I've truly always thought like. You are my number one, like, cheerleader and, like, go-to, like, with everything. But, like, truly with this, too, like, just, like, knowing that, like, how happy I am now. I mean, I was happy four months ago, but, mm -hmm. like, the way the Lord has answered those prayers, I just know that, he, like, your person is going to be something that, like, is going to blow you out of the water. I'm ready, man. Bring it on. <laughs> Here for it. Well, thank you so much for your beautiful, kind, gentle, amazing, hilarious, yet scattered, quirky, scattered self. And I'm extremely grateful for your Aww. sisterhood and friendship and the fact that you sat next to me on a Bible study floor. Truly. 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 So thank you so much for being we here. started from the floor. The floor. And, and now on the penthouse. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, thank you so much. And I love you. I love you. I'll see you in five seconds. <laughs>